0: yo what is up welcome to commander's demand it's your boy sports psp man a lot to discuss regarding today's show of course everyone's gonna talk i mean i'm sorry we're gonna definitely talk about montez sweat and chase young the trades that transpired yesterday i'm definitely gonna discuss that of course with the predictions for the game and of course i got my boy undisputed world champ champ prior will be on the show discussing all these things so please stay tuned because commander's demand starts right now
1: you're watching commander's demand with your host sports psp exclusively on the grid network
0: What is up, folks? Welcome to Command is Um, Before we start off the episode, please make sure you like and subscribe to the GRID Network, the GRYD Network. Please make sure that you also check out some of the great content like my man, Bryson Carver's Carving It Up podcast. And of course, the 8 o'clock show every Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. And also, please like and subscribe to the Sports PSP podcast every episode Friday nights at 10 p.m check me out on youtube um as you know folks i got a very special guest you know i've collaborated with this guy on tiktok also know him from ig as well he's a great dude love his content love his work want to make sure i bring him on to the show got my man oh, sorry folks for um, the technical difficulties got my boy champ prior in the building how you doing champ
1: Good evening to you, sports psp.
0: Good man. How you living, man? It's good. Getting
1: cold down here in Georgia, brother.
0: Oh, no, no doubt about that, man. I live in Jersey. It's colder right now, man. Less than 50 degrees, man. But yeah, you got to get ready for that winter. <laughs> got to get ready <laughs> yes, for that indeed. winter. But anyway, man, you and I we had a long conversation about Chase Young and Montez Sweat. In case if you haven't heard it. Chase Young and Montez Sweat have been traded. Montez Sweat was traded to the Chicago Bears for a second round pick. Meanwhile, Chase Young was traded to the San Francisco 49ers for a third round pick in the 2024 NFL Draft. Chip, I mean, I love both of these guys. I mean, they were first-round picks. Chase Young was the number two overall pick in that 2020 NFL draft. Montez, we drafted him late in the first round. Um, It's really sad for me because, unfortunately, I hate to see these guys go. I wish them nothing but the best Um, with Montez in Chicago and Chase Young to San Francisco. I think, before I give you my opinion, my thoughts on this, look, a trade was going to happen. I mean, one of these two, I mean, one of these two or both of these two were going to be let go. I mean, I said it before, I would keep Montez Sweat, trade Chase Young. I'm not mad at the Chase Young trade, but letting go of Montez is going to hurt. Now, even though Montez Sweat hasn't made a Pro Bowl in his career, hasn't produced or played like a top notch defensive end. Same thing with Chase Young, the likes of Micah Parsons, T.J. Watt, and guys like that. But it's going to be hard to get another good pass rusher. So I hope, and I'm glad for Washington, that they at least get draft picks in return. So it's not like you're losing them for nothing. I think that Washington had to let them go to get draft picks. And on top of that, both of them were entering free agency After this season. So if you're Washington, you don't want to pay these two a huge ton of money and then jeopardize your cap space. So, champ, I'm going to let you go, man. What are your thoughts regarding the trade?
1: I think there was a uh, like we discussed uh, earlier yesterday. That was a call by ownership and the new ownership group. And I believe they traded those two specifically for those two reasons. They did not want to pay them over the cap and risk going into cap hell next year, Washington has over 90 million in cap space, over 90 million in cap space. So I can really see them replacing Montez sweat and chase young with a guy like a Daniel Hunter from Minnesota. Mm -hmm. If they can manage to pry him from Minnesota. Mm -hmm. So also you have a lot of great pass wrestlers coming out of college at this point. So you don't want to, And also, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Y'all have y'all paid Jonathan Allen as of yet?
0: We've already taken care of Allen and we've also taken care of DeRon Payne because I know you wanted to get DeRon Payne. Yeah,
1: I wanted DeRon Payne real bad, man. We wanted Montez Sweat too, but you know, y'all ended up giving him to Chicago. But that is a call from ownership. They get the picks, and I think they're going to be very much invested in the draft. This is something that happens nearly every time a new owner. Ownership just bought the team earlier this year after the season had begun. Exactly. So they're trying to get their, quote-unquote, get their claws into this team before it gets too out of hand. I think it's going to be where Ron Rivera is. I think he's going to be let go later on this year after the season's over. I don't think they're going to pull a Josh McDaniels on him. (laughs) But I think this is an attempt by ownership to say, look, we're about to blow this team up. I don't think we're going to beat Philadelphia. I don't think we can compete with the Cowboys at this point. We're going to have to blow this thing up and come back next year and rebuild it. Because us spinning over the cap for two for one guy who didn't have the durability and the other guy who wasn't producing Pro Bowl caliber numbers when the middle of your defensive line is providing that structure for you to do that. People don't, people don't realize that. The middle of that defensive line is the strength of that defensive line. And for your bookends to not ever have double-digit sacks, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And if I'm the owner, I'm looking at that.
0: Mm-hmm. It's interesting that you brought up Ron Rivera. I believe Ron Rivera is going to be gone after this season. Um, I still believe Eric Bieniemy is going to stick around. Would you like to see him as the head coach?
1: Uh it will really depend on who they draft. Number one, Eric the enemy, and people may get on to me about this. He's hurting this team a little bit because, like we've discussed before, he's being the offensive coordinator with something to prove, rather than trying to put up points. You can't turn this team into a pure passing offense. Mm -hmm. You have to have some balance. And I think They're going to have a real come to have to have a real come to Jesus meeting with him saying, Look, Mm -hmm. we brought you here to bring up this offense, we brought you here to coordinate this offense so uh, so we could put up some points, not so you could try to prove yourself at our expense. Now, granted, Mm -hmm. we want you to prove yourself, but you're not going to prove yourself at my expense. Mm -hmm. This is not Kansas City, you do not have the personnel. There's no Tyreek Hill here, there's no Travis Kelsey here, and there's no the the skill players are the skill players are good, but they're not that caliber, right? So they're gonna have to have a real come to Jesus meeting with him if he remains there to tell him, Hey, we need that balanced offense that you provided Kansas City with. We don't need you trying to overthrow and overprove yourself much like Kyle Shanahan did and cost us a Super Bowl or even cost us a playoff game or cause us games at all.
0: Mm-hmm. Chap, let me ask you this question. Do you think
1: Washington won the trades? Well, in a lot of ways, yes, they did. Because the thing is, there's no guarantee that Chase Young is going to be doable for the remainder of the year.
0: Yep. There's
1: no guarantee about that. Number two, I don't know why. It would have made more sense. And I'm not just saying this because they are my team. But it would have made more sense for Montez Sweat to go to Atlanta. Because there's a need there, number one, because we just lost Grady Jerry. Mm-hmm. That's number one. And number two, they could add him to a playoff caliber off playoff caliber defense and a playoff caliber team. We're still tied for first place in the NFC South. But it didn't make sense for Chicago to make a move for a defensive player when your whole team is a dumpster fire at this point. Mm-hmm. It did not make a lot of sense. You either should have invested in another wide receiver so that your quarterback can have. So going into next season, your quarterback can have another weapon. You don't have to really focus on evaluating another wide receiver in the draft. Or you could have invested time in the tight end
0: hmm. on the
1: offensive side of the ball. Right. But it made no sense for the Chicago Bears to get another defensive player. That really made no sense to me.
0: Plus, it was also reported um, by NBC Sports Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio, that your Atlanta Falcons could have offered my commanders a third-round pick mm-hmm. for Montez Sweat. Yes. But um, for Chicago, look, um, I still think Mon- I think Montez to Atlanta, that'd be nice to make your defense even more formidable. But um, back to Biennemi, I agree with you. He's trying to be something that he's not. He's trying to show people that he's more creative, more unique. And I think Eric Bieniemy for the offense, he's definitely been a plus to the team. He's definitely shown us some excitement. My problem with him, he heavily relies on throwing the football too much. Kind of like with Andy Reid. Andy Reid likes to throw the football too much. I My thing is, this is Sam Howell's first year as a starter. He's a young quarterback. Do I think he's the franchise quarterback for the Commanders? No. I think he be I think he could be a quarterback of a franchise. He could win you a fair amount of games. Um he can make you somewhat competitive, but that's about it. But I don't like how enemy is utilizing Sam Howell, asking him to throw the football too much. Meanwhile, you have Brian Robinson as a very effective runner. He can run. Uh he's powerful, he's strong. Why not use him more? But the enemy to your point is just trying to show people that he's something that he's not. And I think it's going to jeopardize his chances as far as becoming a head coach.
1: I agree a hundred percent. You have to have balance in your off. You have to have balance in your offense because remember when he had, remember when he was on Kansas city and they had Kareem hunt on that offense. Mm -hmm. And one can argue had Kareem hunt not got suspended that year. They would have, darn well three to as champions oh they, was, would, oh, they yeah. would, went
0: to the super bowl yeah no question
1: yeah. so you have to have that type of balance especially when you have a back like a brian robertson so like i said he's gonna hurt his chances if he keeps trying to throw uh, a willy-nilly with uh sam howell every single play you can't throw the ball with a young quarterback like that 30 35 40 times a game mm-hmm. it's gonna force turnovers and, and plus your defense is not getting any risk because you're trying to hurry them back on the field so quickly. Like I said, I think he's just trying to prove I deserve a head coaching job and he's doing it at the Washington commander's expense. And okay. that is going to become a problem with new ownership. If this continues.
0: Definitely. Um, I think for the enemy, if he wants to help out the defense, because if you look at pro football reference, Washington is ranked 31st in team defense. It would help the defense a lot more if you run the ball more. Yeah. So that way they could stay on the bench for as long as they need to, get themselves some extra rest, look on the playbook, look on whatever it is, their the iPad or whatever that they're using on the sidelines to make adjustments to become more vigilant and aware of what they have to do defensively in terms of like blitz schemes and stuff like that. That's what EB needs to do. But I think with EB. If he becomes a head coach for the Commanders, I would not mind that because he may never get a head coach anywhere else. I don't see him getting a head coach anywhere else. Might as well be the Commanders. And plus, you're Magic Johnson. You know, you are a brilliant businessman. And you talk about how it was a great opportunity for black men like yourself to get these types of opportunities. It would be great for someone like an Eric enemy to get this type of opportunity. Your thoughts on that?
1: Not to mention, isn't the vice president of your team still Doug Williams? I don't think so. No. Not okay, I. because at one point he was the vice president uh, with Bruce Allen. He was. Um, yeah. So uh, I don't think I think he's still there, but I'm not for certain. But yeah. That will be a nice opportunity for Eric Bieniemy, but you have to have at the same time you have to put the front office people there in order to support that type of a coach. If you have an offensive-minded coach, then you have to have a a general manager willing to get him the players that he needs in order for him to run these high-powered office. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think you're referring to the team president. That's uh, Jason Jason Wright. Jason Reed is the team president of the team. But, yeah, they're going to have to make a serious decision about whether or not EB is the right type of head coach because if it's not him, then who? Do you go into a different direction as far as getting these types of college coaches or any type of coach out there on the NFL level? Because we all know Ron Rivera, his days in Washington are numbered. With the new ownership, he's going to be out the door. Kind of like how he was in Carolina with the new owner David Tepper.
1: Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, one if they're trying to be a defensive team for years to come, I will say one person they could look at is in Dallas and try to pry Dan Quinn away from the Dallas Cowboys. He's mm. proven. He's proven. He's been to a Super Bowl with my Atlanta Falcons. He's been to a. He's been to a. Uh, he's been to the playoffs several times, and. With that defense out there in Dallas, he's proven that he can be a defensive coordinator. Not to mention, he was the defensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks when they had the Legion of Boom. So if they're trying to become a defensive type of team and they're looking to be a fully balanced team, then Dan Quinn would be a route to go. Also, Jim Harbaugh, I mean, it's not going to last long if you get him. You might. So you're going to have to make sure to sign a four-year contract because after that fourth year, He's gonna be headstrong with the front office, much like he was out there in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So you got to you have to uh do your homework when you bring him in. So those are two coaches that I think you can also look at. Now, if you really want to up the ante, you could try to see if you could pry Lincoln Riley away from USC. That's yeah. one thing it, that you it, could it, possibly it. do, put two offensive minds together. With Lincoln Riley eroding me, me, see what you can come up with.
0: Oh, 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 oh uh, chap, chap! You know Lincoln Riley; damn sure for a fact does not prioritize defense.
1: Well, he doesn't. No.
0: Right. You saw Oklahoma. My, you know I'm an OU dude. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we recently lost to uh, Kansas. I'm still trying to recover from that. And we see what he is doing in USC. Yeah. And their defense isn't much better.
1: Well, in the NFL, you have to prioritize you have to prioritize some type of defense otherwise you're not going to win many games. And uh, here's the thing about Lincoln Riley. It would not surprise me because they're going to I think the Big 10 next year.
0: Yes, USC will be heading to the Big 10 as well as UCLA and they're going to have to deal with Michigan.
1: Mm-hmm. Penn State, yes, Ohio State. Yes. So the likelihood of you You went to the national championship. You ran from the possibility of going to the he SEC. He didn't want the SEC smoke. He didn't yes. want that. You ran from the possibility of the SEC. Now the SEC is looking a hell of a lot be- more beatable nowadays. Even my Georgia Bulldogs. Now you're going to an even tougher division. Now you're going to an even tougher division next year. So I don't see you winning the college football playoff, making the college football playoff there either.
0: Which is why I don't want him to be the head coach for the Commanders because he has to prioritize defense. Plus, you're dealing with grown men at the end of the day. Grown men. So he's going to have to learn how to handle that type of component. I think, I don't know. I mean, unless you could find somebody else that's out there I'm going to still keep EB. Now, with these draft picks, because Washington did get a second-round pick from Montez, and they get a third-round pick from San Francisco, they should rely on getting offensive linemen for Sam Howell. Because even though, as you mentioned, Sam Howell does hold on to the football too long, nevertheless, you've been on the record saying a a quarterback can't throw on his back.
1: Yeah, we say that all the time down here. In, down here in Georgia, quarterback can't throw on his back. I think, I think the Washington Commanders was the thing about that is this: the Commanders' history of drafting offensive line is great. They were the hogs I mean, back then. I mean, they were the hogs, and I think didn't y'all draft y'all? Was the original y'all originally drafted Trent Williams? Yeah, in 2010, out of yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah, y'all originally drafted him. So. Y'all's rap sheet with drafting offensive line is good, so I mean, you need to invest in offensive line, like I said, and that and it goes back also to that cap space that y'all have, and you can invest in your offensive line in the cap in the free agency as well.
0: Yeah, let me read you the um the cap right here. I just read an article from ESPN's John Kimes says it right, says it right here regarding for Washington. This means it has future assets. Washington now has three draft picks among the top 50 in 2024 and five in the top 100. The commanders also have glaring needs along the defensive line and could use help in their back seven on defense, among other spots. They also have approximately $90 million in salary cap space. They can attack free agency and the draft from ESPN's uh, John Kimes. Mm-hmm. So this is big for the commanders because we save up enough cap space. We know what we're gonna do as far as with the draft, we're gonna invest on the O line. I also think that we also need to invest with our DBs because our DBs are getting torched, man. I, I know last against AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and the Philadelphia Eagles, but throughout the season, uh champ, our DBs are just getting torched. So there are some other areas that we need to address, but You mentioned about quarterbacks for the draft. Washington may look for a quarterback. You -hmm. mentioned Michael Penix Jr. You mentioned Bo Nix. For me, I'm going to still keep Sam Howell for now, only because I I like what I've seen so far. He has some promise. Like I said, do I think he's a future franchise quarterback? No, no. Do I think he's the quarterback that's going to get them to the promised land? No, I don't think Sam Howell is capable of that. What I what I do see is a very competent quarterback. He could be at best a top 15, top 18 quarterback in the National Football League. I mean, he's got a solid, uh, strong arm. He's more mobile than people actually give him credit for. At 6 feet, 6'1", six, 225-ish, I mean, he could run. He's tough. He's a competitor. Do you think, I I mean, but I would like to see Sam Howe in better circumstances behind a better offensive line. And if he's under a better offensive line, then I have a better way to judge and evaluate him. Now, if he doesn't play well under those circumstances behind a good offensive line, then I need to move on from him because I've seen enough And you're only going to go as far as your quarterback goes. To that, you say what?
1: Bring in a quarterback through the draft as well. And, hey, open it up to competition. If he wins the competition, then groom that quarterback under him, much like a lot of other teams have done. I mean, people don't realize this. Aaron Rodgers wasn't always a starter. He had to learn behind behind Brett Favre. He was behind Brett Favre. Steve Young was not always the starter. He had to learn. I mean, there's nothing wrong with bringing in a young quarterback in, I mean, Eli Manning, two-time Super Bowl winner. He wasn't the starter at first. He was learning behind Kurt Warner.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, there's nothing wrong with bringing in your future quarterback to learn Patrick behind someone. Alex Smith. Yes. There's nothing wrong, especially when you have a coach, an offensive coach like an Eric B. who can, who could who, who has explosive tendencies. So if you put a Michael Penix Jr. with an Eric B. Enemy, or even a Caleb Williams with an Eric B. Enemy, I think that's a firework sure waiting to happen, especially if you develop it. I don't think teams do a great job. They're trying to just, I think a lot of teams these days are just trying to throw quarterbacks out there. That's the reason why some of them end up bust, because some of them are really not ready. Mm. They're really not ready. So you have to work on them at least for a couple of years in order to, in order to make sure that they are the guy.
0: Mm -hmm. How much faith do you have in Josh Harris and Magic Johnson? Because people talk about Josh Harris, the owner of the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, New Jersey Devils, Magic Johnson, of course. You know, I feel like with Magic, everything he touches, it turns to gold. Um, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I mean, only time will tell to see what they're trying to go. I hope everything that you're saying, champ, it comes into fruition because if it doesn't, then I just feel like we're not going anywhere. We're staying exactly where we are under Dan Snyder. And, you know, it seems like to me it's going to be a long time in order to get over or overcome the Dan Snyder days. To that, you say what?
1: Uh, Magic Johnson had he made the Los the Los Angeles Dodgers. He made him them a contender, and he made them champions. Plus, he learned from one of the best owners, arguably in sports history, in Jerry Buss Jerry West. Jerry Buss, Jerry Buss. He learned from the best general manager in Jerry West. So he has that cachet, and he has the background in order to prove, yes, I know how to win. So although this is a new avenue for Magic Johnson, he's a very, very, he's more hands-on than people are going to give him credit for. He's one on record and said it. He's not one of these stand-by, hands-off owners. So with him being hands-on, they're not going to spend unnecessarily over the cap because Dan Snyder was notorious for that. He was notorious for spending way over the cap and getting (laughs) players who were flat-out useless i.e. Albert Hainsworth, yeah, and overspending in the cap. Now you had to admire him for willing be willing to take a risk like that. But as far as him getting the right guy in free agency, other than maybe Sean Springs and London Fletcher, a lot of those guys were bust. But yeah. with a guy like a Magic Johnson who knows how to spend the money, who knows how to put the money in the right places, I think they're gonna be a, they're gonna be a damn good team pretty soon. Plus, you know, with magic comes publicity. With magic comes publicity. Yes. So you cannot buy the type of publicity that you're going to get with a Magic Johnson. Now, I believe the reason why he's not out there in front to start the year is because they just bought the team at the start of the season. It's going to take time. It's It's going to take time. time. But Once he gets out in front and he gets his feet up under him as an owner, you can best believe that Magic Johnson is going to be out front. Look at what he's doing out there in Los Angeles with the Dodgers. I yeah. mean, he stole Freddie. Free- I mean, literally came out and stole Freddie Freeman right from under my Atlanta Braves' arms. We had him, and he and he got him signed. Mm-hmm. Granted, I, they I, didn't do much this year, but
0: yep. I definitely think it's going to take some time for Magic. Um, Right now, it's his first year as ownership, so I really don't expect much. It's going to take me some time to get over Chase Young and Montez Sweat because, unfortunately, um, we got a game this upcoming Sunday against the New England Patriots. And I'm going to get into that in just a sec, but um, it's going to be tough. But eventually, I do believe with these draft picks, I think Magic will find a way. I just think um, offense, for the off uh, offseason, number one is that O-line. Then we got to address the D-line as well. And we definitely got to get a new coach. Um, but there's going to be a lot of things. There's definitely going to be a lot of changes for Washington. Only time will tell to see what they're going to do. But anyway, let's talk about this game between the Commanders versus the Patriots. Uh, new England is a three-and-a-half-point favorite into winning this one um washington came off a really um disappointing loss to the philadelphia eagles despite the fact that the eagles were six and a half point favorites and they beat them early at lincoln financial field 34 to 31 what who do you have winning this one i actually have the commanders believe it or not i actually have the commanders winning this one because i think mac jones has been struggling this season bill belichick i've said it before he has not been the same without Tom Brady. Um, he's made some bad moves in the past, such as bringing in Matt Patricia and um Joe Judge as offensive coordinators. And I think that has dipped the development with Mac Jones. Now, Mac Jones so far this season, he has um his guy from Alabama, Bill O'Brien. We all know Bill O'Brien from Belichick and Nick Saban, of course. Nick, uh, Mac Jones has been playing well these past couple of games against Dolphins and the Bills, but I think the Commanders have a good chance of winning this one because they're not the favorites. I don't believe their offensive line will do a better job protecting Sam Howell. They only allowed one sack in that game against the Eagles, so I do think Sam is going to be sacked at least three, four times, but I think if Eric Bieniemy could prioritize running the football more, I think the commanders stand a chance. What says you?
1: To be honest with you, I mean, now that Josh McDaniels out of a job, you think that the is gonna bring him back to be the offensive coordinator? That's a good question to ask as well. Was, but I digress. I told,
0: I told you he he wasn't a head coach to begin with in the first place. We've seen coaches from the Belichick coaching
1: tree that haven't panned out. Mm-mm. We we we've seen it. I think Bill O'Brien was the only one that even remotely planned panned out. I mean, yeah,
0: I mean, he had a couple. He had some seasons in Houston when they won the division, but it was a bad. It, it wasn't bad that division. Great yeah,
1: but uh, I think you. I think uh, the Commanders will win this game. You got a lot of key players out that are really hurt in New England. Kendrick Bourne. Yeah, and uh, Zuda. He's he's gone for the year.
0: Yeah,
1: and you know, thus far Zeke has been a bust in uh, New England as well, and. I mean, once you lose your star quarterback like a Tom Brady, it's very, very hard to get a replacement in there. And I think people are expecting him to replace Tom Brady, and it's kind of impossible in order to do that. It's going to take – and Bill Belichick does have time. You know, He just signed a lucrative deal at the start of the year, unbeknownst to all of us, but he has time in order to redeem himself without Tom Brady. But as far as this year, this year is a wash, so I think the commanders are going to win this one. But one thing Bill Belichick has to do – he has to put it in his mind. The patriot way is over.
0: It is the, the DYJ is, is, is the DYJ days is over. He can't. The problem with Belichick is he it, it's kind of like a military approach. And look, Belichick, he's gonna um, he's gonna have to get ahead with the times, and that's the problem with him. Another problem with Dabo Sweeney, coaches yeah. like that who've won and have had success, will eventually be in the Hall of Fame. The problem with them now is that they haven't evolved with the times. They haven't gotten ahead with the times. Um, Speaking more of the game, who do you think is going to be the X factor in this game? I think, for me, the X factor is Brian Robinson. When he gets going, when he starts running the ball... I think he's definitely going to make an impact for the team and takes less pressure off of Sam Howell so that you don't have to heavily rely on him to throw the ball as much. If not, um, Brian uh, Robinson, I think it's Jahan Dotson because he did play well last week against the Eagles, had over 100 yards and a TD. Who's your X factor in that game?
1: Brian Robinson, and I think Airbnb needs to get him involved in the short passing game a little bit more. Mm Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. make him, if you're going to run the ball, if you're going to pass the ball like that, make Brian Robinson more of like a Roger Craig type of a player and make him use his strength. Because once he gets into the secondary, it's pretty much over with. I don't think a DV wants to go head up with a Brian Robinson.
0: Yeah. Anyway, folks, that concludes the rest of Commanders Demand. I appreciate my boy, Undisputed World Champ, Champ Pryor. Champ, tell him where to follow you at, man.
1: Undisputed World Champ at TikTok. Also, uh, world champ underscore 2.0 on Instagram. Thank you for having me, PSP.
0: Anytime. And thank you for hopping on to Commander's Demand. Please go like and subscribe to the Grid Network, the GRYD Network. Also, please like and subscribe to the Sports PSP podcast. And we is out. Peace. Ah, right, man.